We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to a Thursday afternoon edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen joined by Rotowire's assistant NBA editor, Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we were supposed to have Ben Zweiman of DraftKings Nation uh, coming on to talk some some betting, some NBA gambling today. Uh, unfortunately, he's under the weather, uh, so we'll push that back. Hopefully, we'll have Ben on next week. Uh, if not, uh, we'll do that sometime uh, in mid-February, but we'll definitely get Ben on the show in these next few weeks. Uh, nonetheless, Alex, plenty to talk about. Uh, you and I just spoke earlier this week about, about kind of a grab bag of topics around the NBA. And I want to do the same thing today. Like there's not, there's not really a dominant story. I don't think in the league right now. Um, thankfully the, the COVID stuff has calmed down to some degree. I think the league on, on Monday or Tuesday, uh, released that there's only been one additional positive test, uh, over the last week, which is down from like a million the last couple of weeks. Uh, um, so hopefully we're kind of, are already being rescheduled 
uh, for some off dates uh, in the coming months. Um, but I want to talk about the Utah Jazz, who have very quietly uh, ascended to the top of the Western Conference. Uh, the Lakers, of course, took a loss in Philadelphia last night. They're in action tonight against Detroit. But uh, I wouldn't say anybody wrote off Utah uh, after last season, but it was kind of the same old thing that we've seen from the Jazz, uh, even in the, the pre-Donovan Mitchell days, where you know they're, they're always right there in that kind of four to six range uh, in the Western Conference. And then playoff time comes, and, and they wilt in, in round one or round two. Last year, it was round one against Denver. Um, but especially after watching this team this year, it, you know, we know how that 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 game seven ended in the bubble against Denver. All of a sudden, it's like it's not that crazy to think that that could have been the team that went to the Western Finals. You know, ultimately maybe lost to the Lakers um, and would have entered this season with the same amount of hype that the Nuggets did. Right. Yeah. And, and Donovan Mitchell played so well in the bubble. Right. And basically in that in that playoff series that it was it was going to be tough to write them off, especially since they didn't have Bojan Bogdanovic either. And he was like, I think their second leading scorer last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you figure they get him back. But yeah, I mean, they've, they've been great this season. You know, like Donovan Mitchell didn't take the leap that I think some people have been expecting him to take. But he's just been very steady. Mike Conley, I think, is is like a huge part of their success is he's playing much better. Like he was a disaster for a huge part of last season. And now he's playing up to his, his you know normal standard, kind of what we expected from him in Memphis. And yeah, Jazz, their last loss was January 6th, um, and they're ranked third in, in basketball reference and simple, simple rating, and that's only below the Bucks and the Lakers. Yeah, like I said, it, it's been a quiet ascent, right? I mean, there's been so much talk uh, about the Lakers' dominance in the West. Obviously, the Clippers are always going to be a story, uh, and, and then I, I think the COVID stuff kind of took over as the dominant narrative the last few weeks, and Utah has been one of the teams that's been unaffected by that so far. That That's certainly been a bonus. Um, I mean, the question, though, is, you know, we talked about them in the context of, of last season and how that ended. Like, what is it going to take for them to be considered as a serious contender? Because I, I think you do have the two juggernauts in the Lakers and the Clippers um, that no matter what, I, I, I think the Lakers could lose like 10 games in a row and they'd still be the favorite. You know, there's there's just such a talent gap there in terms of LeBron and Davis um, at the top that that no other team necessarily can match. But I mean, what would it take for Utah to to truly make you think about like, hey, is, is this maybe a, you know, a 60-40 series if they were to face the Lakers? I think um, I think Mitchell probably does have to take that step forward into like he's playing really well. Like I can't really like I'm not going to sit here and trash Donovan Mitchell for averaging, you know, 23, five and four on pretty right. good efficiency. Um, but I think he needs to be able to take a consistent step up and. You know, I think, I mean, they are, they're kind of piecemealing a third player out of like multiple different players, right? Like Conley's looked pretty good, but you still wouldn't really, I mean, maybe you want him as your number three, but um, Jordan Clarkson's been playing well. Bojan Bogdanovich is, you know, he hasn't, he's not playing well, but he will eventually. I'm not sure what it'll take for people to take this team seriously because they are built, they're about, they're built about as well as I think a balanced team could be built right? Just a team that's really good one through five. And that's borne out in their starting lineup. And because their starting lineup is plus 20, like their starting lineup just, you know, smokes everyone. Um, So I don't know. I I think you have to respect how balanced they are, but at the same time, usually it is the top end talent that, that comes through. Do you think it would take some sort of acquisition? Like as currently constructed, are the jazz good enough to, 
say, make the Western Conference Finals. You know, I, I think they are so reliant on that starting lineup. Like you said, you have Jordan Clarkson off the bench, but at the end of the day, that's Jordan Clarkson. And I, I don't think anyone's going to take that too seriously. And beyond him, you know, it's it's a little bleak. Like Joe Ingles is, is not really the player that he was four or five years ago. Um, you know, their, their top four or five is really good, especially if this is the Mike Conley who, who leads the league in, in plus minus by a mile right now. If, if that's who... If that's who's going to, if he's going to be that guy all year, I mean that that certainly changes things. But even Mike Conley, who's you know a, a borderline All Star uh, for most of his prime, like I I still don't know if that's quite enough. Like obviously, if you're going to bring in somebody who's going to make a difference, you're you're going to be sending out a decent amount of talent as well. And unlike Denver, they don't have a Michael Porter type of piece that you could cash in uh, for someone like Brad Beal. Um, so that they're in kind of a weird spot where I, I do feel like they still need one piece, but they probably can't get a truly elite piece. So maybe you have to settle for someone who's in you know, like a Bogdanovich level player. But then the question is, what are you giving up? It would basically have to be future draft capital, right? It would be because they don't, they don't, like you mentioned, they don't have anybody that I think teams would be interested in. Even their young, like their young players are like close to no names, right? Like George Nyang, uh, Mie Oni, Jawan Morgan. Right. So no one's, no one's taking those guys. It, it would have to be draft capital. But I think, I don't know. You kind of look around in the Western Conference, and it's hard to point to too many teams that, like, they're you know you you wouldn't feel good about them in a playoff series against, right? Like, maybe not the Lakers or the Clippers, but you start going down the line. It's like we know Denver's defense is terrible. Um, Portland is iffy. You know, we don't really know. You know, Nurkic and McCollum are out. Once they're back in, I think they would have a good series against Utah. Golden State. I feel like I would still. You know, Utah should win that. And then after that, you're talking about like maybe Phoenix, uh, Dallas, um, but they're a more complete team than most of those other teams I, I just named. 100. percent I, I I feel like they are. You know, if, if one of those main pieces, you know, is not at 100 percent though, I, I think they're a little bit more vulnerable, especially when you look at the depth uh, of a team like the Lakers. But uh, certainly an encouraging start uh, for sure. Um, and I'm glad to see Mike Conley back as well. Cause that was, that was extremely depressing for most of last season. Yeah, he was, he was not good at all. And I think some of it was, you know, he had played in one place for so long. I think it was just hard to get used to a new system, just a new home, everything like that. But he's been great for them this year, 17 points, six assists, one and a half steals shooting efficiently. Uh, he has been really good for them. The Rotowire NBA podcast is brought to you by bet MGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That is why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month Rotowire subscription when you placed your first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's ROTO, R O T O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So we usually try to do this, you know, once every week or every other week, kind of taking a look at the standings and, you know, determining as they stand right now, you know, how legitimate is this, you know, when you fast forward to, to May or June, I, I feel pretty good about the top four in the West right now, uh, which speaks to just how fluid this stuff is, because I, I think we were talking about the Suns as like for sure the third best team in the West, not that long ago. Uh, and we'll get to Phoenix in a little bit, but the Suns are now back. They're down to, to 500. They're eight and eight. They're in ninth technically in the Western conference. Um, I, I don't think Utah finishes the season as the top team in the West. I think that will be the Lakers, maybe the Clippers, um, but the top four of Utah, LA, LA, Denver, to me, that feels about right based on what we've seen so far. I think so. I mean, Denver's Denver is so bad on defense. Like I don't have a ton of faith in them to potentially win the finals or when, you know, get to the finals, but they have so much offensive talent. Like we know about, you know, Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. And Jamal Murray's inconsistent, but he can get hot. Uh, I feel pretty good about them. You know, I think if Portland was healthy, they would have an opportunity to be in that four spot. And I think, you know, if Phoenix, I still think Phoenix has that potential, but yeah. you mentioned them, they're in free fall right now, like three and seven over the past uh, 10 games and minus three net rating over that span, 19th ranked offense and defense over the past 10. So I don't really know what's happening with them. I mean, they started off really hot. This might be just some like regression essentially. And Devin Booker hasn't paid to play the last two games. He's going to miss tonight also, but I think I think Denver, Portland, and Phoenix are pretty close for me when they're at full strength. I, I still think I would side with Phoenix based on the talent. You know, and I, I think they'll have their run. You know, maybe they maybe they peaked in the second week of the season. But I, I think eventually, you know, they'll they'll probably be that team that that sidles up to Denver or, or whoever's in fourth place. And and that would be my top five right now. Utah, LA, LA, Denver, Phoenix. You know, Portland is technically in fifth right now. They're only up one game on Phoenix. So, you know, by the weekend, this could all completely change. Um, but with the injuries and, and Portland also just didn't even look that good, you know, before Nurkic went down, obviously McCollum was playing out of his mind, um, but they weren't getting a lot from Nurkic. They weren't getting a lot from Robert Covington. There wasn't, there wasn't a feel that that team was a whole lot better, at least in my mind, um, that than they have been the last few years, which has just been a very fun team, uh, a team that has a really fun backcourt, but, but not a true you know, contender or, or a team that, that the, the really elite franchises actually concern themselves with. Um, and then you have Golden State, San Antonio, Memphis kind of in the middle. Um, the only other team, like when, once you get below that top four, with the exception of Phoenix, the only other team that I, I still take seriously as a potential, I, I don't know if I'd go as far as title contender, um, but, you know, maybe a threat to make the West Finals would be Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, I kind of have mixed feelings about, I mean, it's hard. Doncic is so good that you figure he can drag a team incredibly far. Like we almost like what he was doing against the Clippers in the first round last season was incredible and uh, like better than stuff we've seen out of James Harden, like in similar situations. And so he can carry a team pretty far, but I just don't know. First of all, Porzingis' availability is like always going to be a question because he can never stay healthy. And if they don't have Porzingis, they don't stand a chance. I don't think. And even if they're at full strength, I still don't think they're definitively better than Portland, who I know, like, they weren't playing that well, but I'm still, their talent level is still really high. So I like Dallas, but I'm, I'm not ready for, you know, to declare them 
better than a lot of these teams in like tier two. So I'm with I'm with you on Porzingis. The health is always going to be a concern. I, I think we we'll, we'll be talking about that, you know, five ten years from now. I think the same problems, and they'll probably only get worse as he gets older. I, my question with him is, do you think Dallas regrets? maybe not making the trade because they didn't really give up all that much, but do you think Dallas regrets making that deal and then paying him, uh, you know, making him you know, their second max player in the long term? Like, do, do you think they look back and say, we, we maybe could have done better uh, for a guy to pair with Luca? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The fact that they basically gave up nothing for him is, is part of the equation. Right. And I think in theory, he's a great number two guy to have next to Luca because it's, you know, it's in the similar vein as a, LeBron AD dynamic, right? You have a floor spacing mm-hmm. big who can play some defense next to the the ball handling like savant essentially. But yeah, it's it's tough. Like you don't want to let him go, and I'm sure he would have left and gotten similar money from somewhere else just as easily. And when you have someone as good as Doncic, like obviously he's really young, and you have a lot of time with him, but he's so good now that you feel like you're missing out by not just going for it. And when you have a guy in, in Porzingis, like already there like in your house essentially it's hard to just be like you know what nah we'll we'll try to find someone else no for sure i mean it would be it would be kind of a ruthless move to to move on i i I think they have to explore it at some point i mean it's nothing really against porzingis i think it's the health concerns more than anything um and then the fact that i think because of those health concerns it it does it feels like he hasn't really been able to improve at all and I, i think physically he looks he's not quite as much of like a, a freak as he was with the Knicks. I mean, he's had a, a meniscus issue. He's torn his ACL since then. So it's understandable. But I mean, it's not like he's 31 years old. You know, I, I think you'd, you'd like him to look a little better than he does right now. Um, and I, I think the amount of time that he's missed, it's, it's kind of like he has to reset before every season. You know, when you're when you're missing two to three months with these injuries, you know, you, you can't use the offseason to improve in the same ways that other guys around the league are. And it just kind of puts you on this treadmill of, of being the same player year in and year out. And and thankfully for him, I mean, that's still a very good, like all-star level player. He's, he's, he's great. But you know, if you're Dallas, like, would you rather, would you rather look into like a Brad Beal type? Um, right. who I, I don't know if he's the, the best fit with Doncic. I, I think, I think having a, a floor spacing big man is ideal and there's not that many great ones out there, but um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I just, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised in the next year or two if, if Dallas is seeking an upgrade uh, next to Doncic, or or at least finding a third guy, who which I think I think that's a lock. I think they've been trying to do that this whole time, um, because it's clear to me, and and they've had a lot of guys miss miss time due to COVID, and that's part of it. But as as currently constructed, I don't think this team is is even a dark horse title contender like I thought they would be coming into the year. No, and the part of the problem with trying to get a third guy is they don't really have any assets other than other than exactly. Porzingis. Um, I was kind of thinking. If what do you think of the chances if Carl Anthony Towns becomes unhappy that the Mavericks could come to them with Porzingis and picks and for Towns? Do you think Minnesota would even consider that? Well, in this scenario, it would it would basically be like James Harden, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Close John to Watson, that, like... where it's like Minnesota might not have a choice. Where I, I think they would start out by saying, "No, we're not trading him," and then it would get gradually uglier and uglier over the next seven to eight weeks. And then like always, regardless of the contract status, they would end up having to trade their guy. I, I think the question, like if you're Dallas, I would do that deal in a heartbeat. You know, if it's Porzingis or yeah, Porzingis and X number of picks, whatever, that's fine with me. I, 
I, I just wonder if other teams would be able to beat that. You know, if Towns becomes available, um, you know, is that somebody that that Dal or Denver would dangle Michael Porter for? Like, I, I think there would be other less risky options than Porzingis for for Minnesota to potentially go grab. Yeah, that that was my initial thought too. I was, you know, I think I'm blinded by how how perfect of a match that would be between Towns and right. Doncic, but yeah, they could. I'm sure people would line up for Towns. I feel because I feel like, you know, we're we're kind of barreling towards a situation where, I mean, Anthony Davis was like maligned for a long time as like, well, he can't win any games. How good is he actually? He's kind of hurt all the time. You know, he wasn't like in the mainstream you know, kind of like discussion as an elite NBA player or someone like, you know, if you get what I'm saying. And now that he's with LeBron, everyone's like, oh yeah, AD's like a top five player. Like he's clearly, he's clearly amazing when that discussion wasn't there before. And I feel like the same thing could happen to Towns where he's been on a losing team for so long. People think he's just a losing player. And then all of a sudden he gets traded to a team where he's effectively the second best player or a 1B, and people are like, oh, wait, Carl Anthony Towns is, like, really, really good and is very much worthy of being, like, a top five to top ten player at the NBA. He's been personally victimized by the Timberwolves. I, I think, I, I obviously, his, his defense has taken some flack, and rightfully so, but for me, he's, he's exempt from the Timberwolves' sins. Yeah. I mean, he is, he is so good. Like, he, he needs... I, he could go on any, like if he was the, you know, if he was Portland center instead of, you know, Nurkic, even if he was, I don't, I don't know, man, there's so many scenarios where you could put him on so many different teams and they would vault into contention very quickly. Here's just a random thought while I'm looking at a list of teams. Like, I, I don't know when this would have to take place for this to be realistic, but if you're Minnesota and that this scenario that we're talking about comes to fruition, would you rather have Porzingis in picks or John Collins in a sign and trade with picks? Um, wow, that's really tough, actually. So, baby, I mean, you don't even have to use the trade part of it. Like, who would you rather have for the next five years, John Collins or, or Porzingis, assuming they're the same cost? Um, maybe Collins. I think. Yeah, I think I'm kind of. I mean, like, I feel like the shine is worn off of Porzingis where we the more we see him the more you kind of realize like he's just a he's mostly just a three-point shooter like he can he'll get buckets in other ways right like but he's he's a shooter he doesn't post up he can't use his he, can't, he doesn't have a jump hook he's a relatively one-dimensional offensive player and he can be great right like he's scoring an efficient 25 points or at least he can he's a good shot blocker but the injuries are going to take their toll eventually i think and it, it would just be really hard to convince me that John Collins is like meaningfully worse than Chris Stapps Porzingis over the next five years. I, I think with Porzingis, especially in the early Knicks days, there was this like, oh my God, he's 19. He's so raw. He's seven, three. He can handle, he can shoot. Like, I think there was this thought that it could, it could be like a Giannis like ascent, you know, and maybe it would have been yeah. if, it, if it wasn't for the injuries, but as he gets older, into his mid twenties and and with all the injuries starting to pile up, I, I think it's just kind of like, yeah, this is his ceiling probably right now. You know, maybe he can get a little bit better as he, as he gets cagier and smarter and, and older. Um, but I, I think the days of him being like a potential top five player in the NBA are probably gone. I think so. I mean, there, you know, there's always a chance he has that season, 
you know, there are a lot of players who can have that, who are kind of, you know, maligned by injuries that can have that one season where it all comes together for them. Like they have a full healthy off season and they're in their prime, they're 28 or 29, where, you know, he could probably put up MVP type numbers if he was the number one guy on a team. Like if he averaged, you know, 29 and 10 with two blocks or something like that's within the realm of possibility. But I don't know if that's really that likely to happen. And I don't know if you're a team that you'd want to gamble on that. Um, And like, you know, I mean, John Collins has been awesome too. I think that's kind of flying under the radar, like especially this season, because he's, you know, the, the Hawks and him aren't on good terms essentially. But over the past three seasons, he's 20 points a game on only 14 shots like he's 56 percent from the field 38 percent from three 10 rebounds uh two assists and a block like that's that's all those are all-star caliber numbers and porzingis is putting up all-star caliber numbers too like they're both basically fringe all-stars who are under 25 i think or at least collins is 23 i think porzingis is 25 now that your season-long fantasy basketball leagues have started this is a great time to check out our friends at Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing site in daily fantasy. The NHL and NBA are in full swing, and the NFL playoffs are here. The time is now to take advantage of a 100% instant match up to $50 on your first deposit by using our promo code WIRE. That's WIRE, as in Roto Wire. Get it? Get it? That's a free $50 in your Monkey Knife Fight account if you sign up with that promo code. We have huge NBA slates pretty much every night with the way the schedule works out this season, so there's no better time to dive into DFS. Whether you're an experienced player, just a beginner, Monkey Knife Fight is the place to play. Visit monkeyknifefight.com and use our promo code WIRE, that's W-I-R-E, WIRE, today. Okay, it is now time in the podcast for me to cede the floor to you to just read off some super depressing stats about the Timberwolves and Kings. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the, the, I'm wondering what it will take for the Kings to fire Luke Walton and for the Wolves to fire Ryan Saunders. So the Timberwolves are essentially as bad as the Bucks are good. And lineups with Towns and D'Angelo Russell are only plus 2.6. So that is not a great sign in terms of like, hey, things are going to be perfect when we get Towns back. Or, you know, when this team has Towns, they're still like, they should be good. Towns himself, though, has a plus 23 net rating. Um, like the the team around him is such a complete joke that he uh, plus 23 net ratings unheard of. Uh, Ricky Rubio, don't know what's going on there. He's playing 24 minutes a game, 34 percent field goal percentage. They triggered basically James Johnson and I think Pokashevsky technically for him. I think the Wolves would probably be Bad better deal. off with Bad deal. It, I think it is actually a bad deal right now. I think they would be better with James Johnson and Pokashevsky. Um, as far as the Kings go, so Rashawn Holmes has a plus 16 net rating. Everyone else is plus 3.6 or below. The confusing thing is their most frequent lineups are actually good. The most frequent plus 11, second most frequent plus 12, and just the situation is basically one of them flips Bagley for Halliburton. But lineups with Marvin Bagley at center in 236 possessions have a minus 43 net rating, Mm. which I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen that before in like a, like a sample that big. It's just, you are going to lose games if you play them at center. There's just no other way around it. Yeah. The, the Kings are, the Kings are at least fun, bad to me where I've, I've multiple times on a random Wednesday night, you know, they're always playing the late game on league pass. I'll, I'll happily fire that up. 
and watch De'Aaron Fox and, and Tyrese Halliburton and Rashawn Holmes go at it, the Timberwolves are a completely different story. Like they are just, it's, it's I feel bad for all of the players involved. Uh, I, I think except D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, who seem to be enjoying this, like they're, they're right where they need to be in terms of getting numbers. I feel terrible for Ricky Rubio, who I, I think, I think Timberwolves fans like blindly were like, Oh my God, we're getting, you know, our fan favorite player back on draft night, not thinking about what the roster around him was going to look like. And he's just, like you said, I mean, you read the numbers, he's, playing terribly. His role has been super inconsistent. Um, I, I mean, I, to be replaced by Chris Paul on a, on a much better and higher ceiling Phoenix team, uh, also kind of a kick in the face. I, uh, yeah, I, I feel bad for Rubio. I, I feel bad for Towns as well. I, I think they're, they've already sunk low enough. I mean, they're four and 13. They're, they're a good, like, you know, five games already out of the eight seed, um, which this far into the season is a ton. Uh, Towns could be back, I think as early as Friday, right? think so i think so I, I think he'll be back within the next week for sure i just i mean between the, the injuries like for a guy who missed like no games his first few years like injuries are, are suddenly now a very real thing with him uh, on top of having covid um it's i, I think they're in a hole that it's going to be tough to get out of and I, I think at some point they're they're one of those teams that you know have having owed their top three protected pick to golden state i mean it i don't when you have when you have a player like towns i don't know how, you can only shut it down i guess to some degree but I mean, at some point you have to go into asset protection mode. I think so. It also doesn't help that they're getting like not almost nothing from Anthony Edwards, the number one pick, like 13 points a game on 36% shooting 30% from three, three rebounds and assist and a half. That's not, uh, that's not helpful at all. Um, and I know he has some decent highlights, but anyone in the NBA playing 25 minutes per game with shooting 35% is probably going to have some highlights or they wouldn't be doing anything at all. Um, I, I don't know what they do, man. I mean, I think you have to try to protect the, the asset that you have in the, in the top three protected pick because mm -hmm. otherwise I just don't know what's going to come through to make this team a playoff contender as presently constructed. Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on Edwards. He has not been good. I, I wrote a piece today for, for the site and for Yahoo on the top five NBA rookies so far for fantasy, which doesn't doesn't always correlate to you know real life production. So like Anthony Edwards is not even in the top 200. Like he's like the 10th or 11th best fantasy rookie if you ranked them all out. Uh, Cole Anthony kind of in the same boat. I think he's like seventh or eighth. Um, and you know I, I, like Xavier Tillman for Memphis right now is the third best fantasy rookie on, in terms of per game production. So it's not it's not a perfect science. Like I, I'm nobody's saying that he's better than Cole Anthony long term. Um, but this class, it's, it's not looking great so far. Like I, I think as a draft class, it's just fine. It's, I, I think in a lot of ways, it's a lot, it's, it's like what people expected, right? I mean, there's been a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, I don't think it's shocking that the 12th overall pick is the best fantasy player and possibly the best real life player so far. I mean, that's kind of what this draft was billed as, as you might, you might get a number one cal or number one pick caliber guy somewhere in the middle of the first round. Um, but I'll, I'll read you the top five in, in just in terms of overall fantasy ranking. It's Halliburton, LaMelo Ball, Xavier Tillman, James Wiseman, and Denny Avdia, who has only played, I think, 11 games and hasn't played in like two weeks because of COVID. Um, and then there's a huge drop to like Patrick Williams is the sixth best fantasy rookie, and he's the 189th best player. Jay Sean Tate is ranked higher than Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony's eighth, quickly is ninth. Uh, then you have Isaac Okoro uh, as the 10th best fantasy rookie. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of mirroring last year's class where you had you had Morant 
uh, you know, it's by far the best. And then uh, Kendrick Nunn and, and Brandon Clark were, were also top, I think, top 120 guys. Am I missing anybody else? Um, I don't think so. Don't like, think so. Cam Johnson was fine. Yeah, he was fine. I mean, Zion, Tyler Hero. on her game basis, was fine. Uh, oh, yeah, Hero. Duh. But even but even he wasn't that great fantasy-wise. No, like, he, was, he wasn't. He was, he was more of a playoff none, breakout. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. During the regular season, none was much more valuable. Um, but basically right now, it's been, it's been Halberton and Ball and then everybody else. I mean, I, I don't want to dig into that because we talked about it a lot on Tuesday. Um, but beyond those two, it, it's been a pretty bleak rookie class, uh, Edwards included, for fantasy. Yeah, there's almost nothing. I mean, I think people were hoping for Obi Toppin and, you know, he's coming back from injury, but he still isn't finding real minutes because there's only so many minutes available for him when Barrett and uh, Randall are just, you know, occupying a lot of those uh, like the forward spot and, you know, Thibodeau is trying to win games and I don't know if Toppin's really helping you in that category. So he's not, I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant really this season either. Yeah, it's a, you're right. It's a pretty bleak class. Like, I, I don't know. You got like Devin Vassell is like third in VORP. Like, uh, you know. All right. That's a good place to end this one. We'll keep it quick. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to end on a high note. I think citing Devin Vassell's VORP uh, is exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> All right. You, you, you'll, be, you'll be back tomorrow, uh, Friday, I should say, with Ken and Shannon. Uh, you and I will be back next week. Hopefully we'll have Ben on as well. Uh, but enjoy the weekend. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.